You're listening to I Am Sherry Goodall, the podcast about starting a business as a midlife career woman. Conversations with friends, reviews, ideas, and random thoughts. Now here's Sherry. talking a lot off and on about um, this work from home fantasy that I think people had and now they're actually having to work from home right and everybody isn't built for it right yeah that's that's the truth yeah and even when you make the decision to work from home myself included when I finally decided to walk away and and you know work from home um, for myself, you have to create a a life because if you're used to getting up, driving, sitting in traffic, especially here in the DMV, going to an office, having coworkers, you know, for coffee and lunch and, you know, meetings and all of that stuff, and then you come home and you're a party of one, it's a whole different world. And it really is a mental shift. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, um, in fact, my, my newsletter last week and my podcast with my husband this week was all about that. How do you create the boundaries that you need to be able to function as a unit, whether it's a unit of two or whether it's a unit of six or 12 or whatever is in your, the place that you are being confined to, <laughs> and that can include adults, it can include roommates, it can include children, yes. um, older ailing parents, you know, I mean, how do you create that space so that you can actually be productive, and at the same time, not be resentful that people aren't leaving you alone, for example, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're not just going to be left alone just because in your mind, I'm working, you know, that's, that message is not clear to everybody just because you think you're working, uh, you know, how do you create that workspace for a half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is to say, this is my work time and I have to have time alone during this time. And then we will come back and reconvene together after that set period of time. But it really does require a great deal of uh, discipline. And to me, it requires a, a, a meeting. You know? Yes. <laughs> you know, you have to have a group meeting and say, okay, this is what's going on right now. This is what's different. This is, there are all new rules that we're all going to have to play by. And let's figure out how we can all be productive, have our own space, have our own time, get things done, have quiet time, whatever it is. How do we do that as a unit without all of us being angry at each other because we feel like people are being either disrespectful or taking advantage? I agree completely. I agree completely. I was watching um, Jimmy Fallon last night and he was doing a interview and his daughters literally came crashing into the scene and they're laughing hysterically and climbing all over him. And it was so authentic because he was like, you guys, and the, the guy he was interviewing was saying, this is actually my interview, but he's laughing at them, right? And he said, that's what life is. And I so appreciated it because you know what? We go into these staged lives outside of home. When we go into work, you know, we have our work mode and all of that. But in real life, like, yeah, your kids come crashing in. Your My mom calls and it's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm recording. Will you please? I didn't know. I was like, I told you 10 minutes ago. I thought you were done. You know, <laughs> 
it's life. It happens. Yeah, we're real. Yeah, the same thing happened on Stephen Colbert the other night when he was doing his show. His dog came bounding in the room and jumped up on him. He's like, oh my okay. god. <laughs> We're yes. just going with this. <laughs> yes, you've got to appreciate it. And so, Lisa, I, I'm glad you're here because I do want to get into our conversation. And I think this is a great segue um, for us to really talk about what you do and who you are. And, um, you know, from the moment I met you, I was like, I've got to talk to this lady. Like, she's just a strong force. And, you know, I've seen what you've done um, you know, there's the six degrees of separation. And so I finally got to meet you and I can't wait to get back to Ms. Biz meetings. But you are a business coach and you've been working and supporting and assisting women of all ages in their voice and helping to th them to focus their message, right? And build strong, profitable businesses. So let's jump into talking about focusing since that's where we are right now. Um, yeah. I have been combing through your book. I love oh, this book. You. Great book. <laughs> and if you don't mind, I want to talk a little bit about that book um, and, and some of the insights that you drop, the knowledge jewels, I like to call them. Um, and then the first section, you talk about readiness and great ways to break it down. And I think that's in a lot of ways of what we were just talking about, um, you know, readiness when you're, and, and in this case, it's talking about goal setting, but, you know, here we are, we find ourselves in this situation, like you and I have said, we, and you just have to roll with it. So how do you transition or pivot into being ready in a moment like this? I think the readiness piece comes into play in this situation where it may be a time where you're just recognizing that you have no boundaries. <laughs> yes. you know, like I, did, I didn't realize until suddenly I'm stuck at home with my husband and my kids and my mother-in-law that's sick and I'm trying to get work done and recognizing that I do not create boundaries for me. And so my readiness thing may be I'm preparing for whatever tomorrow is, you know, am I ready right now to do some of the work that allows me to have boundaries the next time somebody interrupts me or the next time I'm trying to get things done. So to me, the readiness piece is just looking at where are you right now? And are you being realistic in terms of what your expectations are? Because I find frequently, when it goes back to the whole boundaries of people interrupting you, in, I think frequently in our minds, it's, it's very obvious to me, like my door is closed, I'm, I'm at my computer. <laughs> I'm talking on the phone and yet you're coming in the door and asking me where are your socks? Yes. And, so, <laughs> and in our mind, it is completely obvious that we are working. But if we haven't, if, if, if our pattern has been to have an open door policy, the first readiness piece is do you recognize that you do not have boundaries in place? And maybe that's the play. Are you even okay with having boundaries and telling people, I'm sorry, my door is going to be closed for 30 minutes. And, and I'm, and I'm not, if you knock on the door, I'm not going to answer unless, unless there's blood. <laughs> You're within <laughs> inches of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and even if the kitchen's on fire, just call 911. Like don't come up and interrupt right, me don't in the call middle me. Of, of my meeting. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
Right. It's so true, though. I mean, you're, you're right. In that moment, you said, you know, we have to realize or really think, do we have boundaries there? We think we do. And you're right. Yeah, your kids, they don't know because you've always been like, well, come tell me, you know, come get me, whatever. And they just come in because that's what you've always said, your family, you know, all the time. So I'm going to kind of comb through here because this is broken down so well. I mean, this is probably one of the best, most well put together books in terms of the way it's sectioned, um, you know, and just how to go through the book. I love it. So from goal setting, you move into prioritizing, right? Let's talk about priorities because now we, I mean, we've talked about boundaries and you've got to get work done. How do you prioritize things? Well, that's a great question. You know, and, 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 and if you've read the book, this, this section was a true, um, it was a true life journey writing this particular section wow. because it was, it was really kind of an afterthought. I knew the goal setting piece is my goal setting system. I've been teaching that for years, knew all about it, had it all written. Basically, it was like a little bit of a formatting thing and, you know, and some extra stories and stuff. But that was like, that was done, written. I already knew what I wanted to say. And then as I'm going through that part, I'm like, well, you know, really, in order for people to be able to set goals, they really have to understand how to prioritize and they don't. And so I just started when I coach. I generally direct people towards a variety of prioritizing tools and I let them decide which one works for them and then we work through it together. So that's how kind of how I approach the section. I'm like, okay, well, I usually recommend um, it's Stephen Covey's um, most important, urgent, uh -huh. important, uh, you know, the four quadrants. The Eisenhower um, matrix. Yes, yes. And so that's one of the ones that I kind of direct people to, but, but they use it in conjunction with my coaching. And so when I started adding those tools in, and I wrote the whole section, the whole section was done, and my husband and I went through editing it, and we just found that every day we were, up until that point, we were loving the editing process. It was really fun. It was an enjoyable process for us. When we got to this section, every day was just, it got deeper and deeper in the weeds. It got harder and harder. We were both bumping up against concepts, and he was like, no, that's not going to work. And I'm thinking, I'm saying, yes, this is going to work, but we're going to have to do it this way. And then we were, I was making these long, long explanations. I mean, the, the book would have been all prioritizing if I continued on the path that I was on. It just wow. kept getting bigger and bigger because I recognized that if I'm giving this to people to do on their own, they don't have somebody there walking through. I don't understand why this isn't working. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I couldn't use the regular tools that I kind of share with people because I wasn't there to make help it make sense to them. Yes. And so that's why I came up with either the, the, the choose the one or the VIP. And the VIP is the very important, important, and possibly important systems. And to me, that made it easier for people to kind of like people don't understand, people understood the difference between urgent, not urgent, important, and not important. They wouldn't need to read the book in the first place. They need <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing to me is even in, in, uh, in one of my mastermind groups recently, and I talk about prioritizing a lot with my mastermind groups. Um, it wasn't until maybe halfway through. So my mastermind groups are six months long and we meet twice a month. So it wasn't like three months in where I was talking about this concept of these game changer activities, which definitely speaks to the prioritizing piece. What are those game changer activities that are going to dramatically either improve your life, improve your bottom line? I mean, it's, they are big changer activities. 
Yes. And so what are those game changer activities? And it wasn't until I said that phrase that one of the women in the group was like, oh, like I always had stuff that I'm putting at the top of my list, but it didn't occur to me that they should be the game changer activities, that they should be the ones that are most highly impacting those key categories in my life. Um, and so that's, that's the, the whole key to the prioritizing is, first of all, it has got to be a game changer activity, and you have to know what those game changer activities are, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in growing your business, whatever area of your life it is, you need to know what those key activities are that actually deliver the most bang for the buck. Absolutely. And once you figure out what those are, they have always got to be at the top of your list, always. You, you've got to be checking in with them a couple times a week for five to 30 minutes, a couple times a day, whatever it is, they have to be, you have to be chipping away at those a couple days a week at minimum in order for you to see the progress and to go to the place that you want to go. So if you want to build your business and you keep this laundry list of all the things you think you need to do to build your business, but you're never actually working on them because they're too big or you don't understand where to start or you don't have the time, your business is not going to grow. That's so powerful because a lot of people, especially new business owners, and as you know, I'm still, I'm turning the corner, I like to say, into my third year of business. And that was one of the things that in the first year, I think it's inevitable. And you tell me if you agree or disagree. I think it's inevitable that you have this laundry list of things that you think you need to do to grow your business. And then somewhere along the way, you have this epiphany that, okay, maybe I don't need to do that. But I think it's a good thing because you do find that um, it, it's your your process of finding what it is that you have to hone in on and really yes. identify and narrow down. Yes. Yeah. It, to me, that's your business journey. Yeah, absolutely. So you move into time blocking and we touched on that a little bit, but what about work-life integration? Because, I mean, right now, especially now. <laughs> <laughs> it's integrated like, this with is actually, that This way is more not. for me than anybody. Go ahead, girl. What do you have to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're right. You know, we, we are forced right now to, to have the two of them put together whether we want it that way or not. I mean, the, you know, before we had a choice, well, I could, I could stay late at work or I could, you know, I could not go in and the kids could go to school and I could have an hour at home quietly to do whatever. Um, we don't have that option now. And, um, and that is where this time blocking piece comes into play and where it is so very, very important. And there, there's lots of information out there about time blocking. I think my perspective, I'm not going to say it's unique, but it is not, um, not that that I, it's not the same as what I normally see. So a lot of times, if you read about time blocking, you'll see people with their whole calendars completely blocked out, <laughs> you know, like every, every, every hour, yes. every day. Oh my God. They stress me out. Color. <laughs> yes. And, and quite frankly, that's not me. I can't do that. Just seeing that on a schedule makes me feel so confined and I get very rebellious. I, I dig in my heels. I'm like, you can't make me. <laughs> I mean, it's my schedule, and I do it. <laughs> you can't make me do that. <laughs> yes, yes. It's to me that's stressful, but I know it works for some people. Right. But I, I'm a little bit of a free. Actually, I'm a lot of a free spirit. Let me be yeah. honest. And that type of structure is um, it, it. 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 Um. 
what's the word? It 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 it's squeezes down and 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 squashes my creativity and my Absolutely. flow. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and I totally agree. And that's, and, and I wrote that book. That's my perspective and my experience. And this book is written for people just like you and I. Because Absolutely. other people to me, to me, if you can sit down and create a schedule and somebody explains to you, yeah, you block off everything. You're like, okay, bump, 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 bump. You're not struggling, actually. You just needed a little coaxing. So for me, it was important that I, I, I like to think of it as giving people permission to, to not be that regimented because I know for a fact it won't work. If you are a person that's a free spirit, that kind of time blocking is not going to work. So my recommendation is, again, going back to those game changer activities. If you can look at your game changers, and let's just focus on one area. So you're talking about your business, for example. And you know that your game changer activity is cold calls. Okay, it's one of the examples I use in the book. Um, and that's because I deal with a lot, of, I work with a lot of either insurance agents, realtors, uh, loan officers, people that need to do a lot of cold calling. So it was the easy yes. example. Um, but, but and, the, and for anybody that does it, that does it well and likes to do it, that is a game changer for their bottom line. So if cold calling is your game changer activity to, for you, you absolutely know that is the thing that brings the money for me. Then, then that becomes something that you need to block time for. So it's not everything. It is that game changer. What is that game changer thing? So that game changer thing, if it's cold calls, cold calls are kind of funny because they have, a, they have kind of a caveat where cold calling usually has times of the day that it works best. So you can't be as free-spirited about that as you would like to be. Right. You can't say, well, I'm going to call at 2 o'clock. Well, great, but you're, nobody's going to answer the phone at 2 o'clock. So you absolutely, you actually can't. But so you have to look at the time frame. If it's something like cold call where there is, a, there is a, I call it a, an industry specified time where it's most advantageous, you need to look at that time. So let, for example, cold calling, the, their prime time is between like eight and 7.30 and nine in the morning, 9.30, sometime in that time frame. Um, so you know that's the best time. And now you know that this is a game changer activity. The next thing to me to decide is what attention span do I have for this? Uh-huh. Because if I, I, I can tell you how many clients I've worked with are like, well, I've, you know, I listen to this guy that talks about real estate and he's the guru of real estate. And he says, you've got to do a hundred calls every day. That's great for Gary Guru. You know, that's awesome. Right. Because, because that's his thing. If you hate cold calling and you can't stand the fact that somebody's hanging up the phone on you and saying no or not answering the phone, realistically for you, three phone calls might be where you need to start. Because that's that's where you're going to be your best. I'm like, yes. My best time is three phone calls because that's all I can handle. And I can block 45 minutes if I want. But if I only do three phone calls, I'm not using the 45 minutes. And what I hate about that is now I feel, instead of celebrating the fact that I made the three phone calls. Yes. I feel like a failure because I haven't worked for 45 minutes. Whew. Lisa, you are preaching today. Listen, <laughs> that is so true because... If, if you if you block out a time and you finish it in a shorter time, you do, you feel like, oh my God, well then I, I, I'm not doing enough or I should have done more with those calls or maybe I'm just not good at this. I mean, you know, there's just like you go through these cycles in your head and you don't even realize it sometimes. Oh, and most times. So how do you move into the celebration stage? That, that's a big one for me because it, it is my own journey. I did not, I had, I had such high expectations of myself and what I thought 
I should accomplish and should do that I completely lost the ability to celebrate. Like that to me, nothing was worth celebrating. Nothing was good enough. Nothing was worth good job, you know, because it always could have uh. been better. I always could have done more. I always could have done it longer. Always could have done it faster, quicker, higher, whatever. Um, and so my journey in, in, in writing this and getting to the point that I could even write this book was coming to understand the importance and the power of celebrating just the little tiny things. And that came out of my being so sick for, for almost five years that I couldn't get off the couch. Wow. And so there were days for me where like I, I, I vacillated between feeling like the biggest failure in the world because what's, what the heck is wrong with you that you can't get off the couch to, well, wait a minute. Like I got up and took a shower and got dressed today and that's way better than I've been able to do for two days. Yep. So I deserve to celebrate the fact that I got showered and got dressed. Um, and once I recognize, and, and at first it felt so stupid. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're going to try to celebrate the fact that you got up and got dressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how like lame is that? But what I found was, and it, and it takes, a, if you have, like, I'm 62. So if you have not celebrated yourself for 62 years, <laughs> it's not easy at 62 to learn to celebrate yourself. Yes. I'm put it that way. So it has taken me, I would say, oh my gosh, probably two years of practicing celebrating that when the book was done for the first time, which I finished the book in December, there was actually a bubble of joy. And I knew that that was my first authentic, you know, it came up on its own. I felt it. I yes. sat with it. I, I, I just reveled in it, you know, and it, and it was real. Um, up until that point, it was very forced and it felt stupid. It felt like a waste of time. Um, it felt like, like, why am I even doing this? Cause it's such a stupid thing to be celebrating. Um, but with practice, I, you know, I, sometimes I, I, even now I feel good because I get up in the morning. You know, just Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we're so used to just pushing, pushing, pushing and doing so much that we don't even recognize the small things to be grateful for. You right. know, the fact that you couldn't get off the couch and the fact that you were able to just get up and take a shower, you think to yourself, we would say, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Why should I celebrate right. that? Right. But the reality is you couldn't do it before for whatever right. reason, right? And now you can. So celebrate that. And, right. you know, live, live big, big celebrations for even the smallest things. I had to learn that too. I'm so glad you talked about that because I, I, I find particularly with women, a lot of times we don't I do agree. that. Yep. And I love, so again, your book is called A List is Not Enough by Lisa Stearns, and it's a modern woman's guide to better goal setting, time management, and productivity. I am really in love with this book. Thank you so much for writing it. And so I want to actually get into a little bit more learning about Lisa. So what gets you jumping out of bed these days? What, what has you excited? Are you talking about these days as in the COVID days, or are you talking about these days in terms of my regular life? <laughs> with both <laughs> all right, all right. um I, you know i'm i'm one of those people that even when i'm down i like to get out of bed so i that's a gift that's a gift for me um I, I each day is always a gift and so i look forward to each day 
you know, that old saying, each day is a chance to start again. That, that's how I see each day is a new day for me. So I don't, I've never not wanted to get out of bed. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm very creative. And so uh, I love the, I love the idea of what am I going to create today? And I'm always, I'm always creating something. I don't know what, you know, whether it's I'm cooking or I'm drawing or I'm, you know, creating a new program right now, I'm working on a new program. Um, so it, it, it's that idea of, of what, what can I make new today, I think is, is uh-huh. how I really, and, and that's also something that has gotten me through the COVID is, remembering to find something when I'm really feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel so confined. Okay. What's one thing I can do differently today. And, 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 and that's anything from one day I wrote six cards to people just to tell them, thank you for being in my life, you know, or, or I took, I was a cold day and I don't usually ride my bike on a cold day, but I thought, well, that's really different. So I'm going to get really bundled up and I'm going to go ride my bike because that was different. So I, I think it's, it's keeping things new. It's keeping things interesting that really keep me moving forward and recognizing that that is what makes me thrive. So I know that about myself. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. What, what are, what brought you to this point? Can you share with us a little bit of your backstory, how you became a business coach and what brought you to where you are now? Um, I, I'll, I'll capsulize it as much as I can, but um, I, I did. A, I, I am not a college graduate, and and I've come to the point that I'm finally proud and okay with that. But that took 55 years to get through. Uh, but I own I own it proudly now, and um, so I did, I've done a lot of things. I owned a decorating franchise. I've taught classes. I've um, sold men's suits. I put that in my book, but. Um, but when uh, I homeschooled my boys and at the, I homeschooled my boys all the way through. Uh, so they, when they finished high school, I really, uh, you may, you have major emptiness syndrome if you homeschool your kids all the way through school. And so I was at that point, I was like, okay, I'm done homeschooling. I'm not going to do that anymore. And what else am I going to do with my life? And so I really took about 18 months to two years to figure out what was the next phase for me. And believe it or not, <laughs> um, and this was because my, my husband, it was my husband's dream that we run a fitness company together. And so I got my personal training certification. Um, oh. And that was about eight years ago. Um, and uh, created my first program as an entrepreneur was called the Adventure Connection. And it was helping women to step into their power in their late 40s through adventure sports. Um, because I had taken up a bunch of adventure sports when I was in my late 40s. Uh, and I moved from that to fast forward. Um, I started a mastermind group for myself because I recognized, just like you, what you and I were talking about, you know, you, you become an entrepreneur and you end up spending way too much time with yourself. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're holding this meeting and getting really bad advice because you're the only one at the table. <laughs> Uh-huh. I always, I always it with naked yoga. You know, you're sitting around, you think, oh, naked yoga would be a great idea. <laughs> and you definitely need to say, no, no, that's actually not, you know, not a good idea. Don't, don't, don't host that offering. No, no, no. <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I created a mastermind group for myself, and it was myself and four other women. And three of the women in that group asked me if I would um, start a Toastmasters group 
uh, and Toastmasters is a public, it's an international organization for public speaking to help people become good public speakers. And like, I don't like starting other people's things, but I do like starting things. So because mm-hmm. they asked me and I say yes to everything, I had to learn to say no, but I was still in the <laughs> yes phase at that point. And they're done that. <laughs> I learned lots of hard lessons that way. <laughs> so I ended up hosting a, 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 a Toastmasters organization uh, meeting in my house, actually, not even in another place, in oh, my boy. house, because I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be for women who were extremely anxious about public speaking, and I knew that if I met in a public place, it would still be too frightening. Uh. Uh, one of my gifts is creating safe spaces for women. And so I recognize that if, if, we, if I put women in a more traditional, even classroom setting, it was going to raise the anxiety level. So I wanted to create this in my family room so that it was couches and it was cozy and people, it would lower the anxiety level just because of the environment. So we chartered right away, did a great job marketing that. We chartered in like two months. Um, it's called Voice of a Woman, by the way. It's still, still operating in Columbia, Maryland. Um, oh, wow. But the three people that I started it for said, this is still too scary. I'm not doing this. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so here I am. And, and by the way, you know, if you, if you are the founder of a Toastmasters, you make no money. I mean, it's somebody else's organization. So I'm yes. here two evenings a week and cleaning out my house and setting everything up and doing all that, making it interesting for everybody and safe for everybody. <laughs> I'm not making a dime on this. But anyway. So I thought, okay, what, and this is where the creativity piece, what can I do that makes this even safer for these women that it's, it's scary for? And so I said to them, what if we kept the group very small, so it was only six, um, and we start around my kitchen table, and we start with who took your voice away. Oh. And that is actually the name of my company registered in Maryland is Finding Your Voice. Um, and what I recognized very quickly was that that was my journey, that my voice had been taken away as a child. And I started reading to help these women. So they met twice a week. The other Toastmasters met twice, I mean, twice a month. Everybody met twice a month on different days. So I'm meeting four four times a month. They broke into two separate groups. Well, yeah. (laughs) So I've got four meetings a month that I'm making no money. (laughs) Definitely a labor of love. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I started reading um, authenticity books and communication books and understanding uh, the the dynamics of communication and teaching that. And I started reading about anxiety around public speaking and started teaching that. And then from that, I just recognized that there was just such a huge need for this and that it was so powerfully transforming my life that I created a curriculum uh, for public speaking for women that are extremely anxious about speaking. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, so that's how my that's how my business started in terms of my own business, and I did that for about three years, and then that's when I got my mother passed, and I got very very ill, and I suffered a concussion, and everything stopped. So everything that I was doing, I couldn't do anymore, and um, I spent, like I say, almost five years on the couch, and when I started my business back up again two years ago, it'll be two years in May, so it's two years now actually. Um, I had to be very intentional about what my business was going to be because my energy is very limited. And so I had to make sure that whatever I was uh, putting my energy into, it was either neutral or I was gaining energy. It wasn't draining energy. Yes. And that was where I really became very, very, my business became very, very focused. 
because I could only do one thing. I could only take one bite at the apple. I couldn't go off and do 9 million different things. I uh-huh. could only do one thing because I only had energy for one thing. And so I chose for a number of reasons, I chose to, to host business mastermind groups. I love supporting women growing their businesses. I yes. love creating safe spaces for women. I love educating. And, um, so I just decided all of that experience and all of that love was a perfect place to help women grow their businesses through the mastermind groups. So I do one-on-one coaching, but really I launched my business as, as predominantly a mastermind business. Love it. Love it. So what's next for you? I mean, you've done so many things. What do you want to do next? Have you thought I, about that? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm always on the next thing. The hard <laughs> thing for me is to stay on the now thing. That's the hard thing is, is staying in the now and not going on to the next thing. So I have picked one next thing. And my one next thing is I'm creating an online course. Uh, and it's called the Passion to Prosperity Business Launch System. And it is helping women just like you and I who have launched a business, but it's not quite getting there or they want to launch a business, but they can't figure out what the one thing is that they should be doing. It's to help um, women find that one thing and, and actually start their business on this stronger footing of just one path. Love it. Love it. And so where can people find more information about you and get in touch with you? How, how do people find you? Um, so you can find me on my website, which is lisasterns.com, and that's S-T-E-A-R-N-S, it has A in it, um, dot com. Um, and uh, my husband and I put out a uh, podcast together, which is called Just One Thing, uh, and that's a weekly podcast. It's only 15 minutes long, and it is the one thing that you can choose to do to be happier, healthier, be more productive, um, fitness-related, health-related, happiness-related. So you can find me through justonething.com, uh, not, not justonething.com. You can find me on, we're on Buzzsprout is where we're actually okay. launched from. Um, and, but just through my website is the best place or Facebook. You know, you can click me directly on Facebook um, to, to make that connection. And, and before we go, do you want to talk a little bit about this amazing community that you created called Ms. Biz? I mean, which is how I found you to start with. So I, I can't let you leave and not talk about that. This is a labor of love. I can consider it a uh, community service. So again, it, I don't, well, this is so typical of women. So when I started it, I, I started Ms. Biz because I wanted women to have a place that they could network for free. It was really important to me because networking, especially as a new entrepreneur, can be very, very expensive. So I wanted a place that women could network for free to get to know each other, to build that community and support each other. Um, after, I think I ran it for maybe three years and that was by the time we were, there was a time where Ms. Biz was 45 women were showing up. Actually, it was, it had gotten so big that it was, it was too much. We couldn't, because wow. of, because of where I choose to meet, we choose to meet in women's businesses. We couldn't find businesses that were big enough to meet in. It was just too big. Um, but anyway, and it was at that time that the, that the membership, the women told me I absolutely had to charge something that I couldn't do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, we just don't feel right even doing this for free. That's such a woman thing, though. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so like, no, girl, really, let me give you some money because okay, you're doing you all anything. this work. Please, please let me give you something. It's a you great know? quality, but it's so funny. Well, yes, yes. And, you know, and, and that's what I love. You know, what I love about working is with women and what I love about working with women after the age of like 35 or 40, because that's a whole, we are, we are a completely different species, sadly. Um, 
is we're all about lifting each other up, you know? I mean, and, and so that's what that was all about. You know, people kept telling me, Lisa, you're not valuing yourself. You need to value yourself more. You need to take, you know, and, and I needed to hear that lesson. I uh -huh. absolutely hear that lesson. So I charge $5, but, <laughs> but anyway, but, but it is just, a, I, it is a labor of love, but it is a community of love, I think. And I think you've experienced that. It is a unique networking experience where everybody is warm and welcome. I make sure that everybody is, when they come in, they're paired with somebody to talk to. If, if people see somebody standing alone, they will go over and talk with them. Um, there isn't anybody, that, I call it not sooty, you know, people uh -huh. don't suit. <laughs> We have it's a, a very friendly environment, very yes. welcoming, very friendly. Yes, I love it. It's a great concept. I can't wait. I don't know what this social distancing is going to bring, but I don't know if, if Ms. Biz becomes a Zoom community or what, know. but I can't wait for it to start back up because I really, I, I met some great people um, I, off the first time attending, you yes. know, and ended up having coffee with a couple of people and just exchanging information, shares, you know, so it, it's great what you've built and Thank I love you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Lisa, I like to end my show with something that I call rapid fire. Okay. And rapid fire is two or three questions that I ask you and you answer off the top of your head and it gives people an opportunity to know you a little bit better from okay. a personal perspective. So, are you down for that? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Question number one. What's your favorite old school candy? <laughs> That's interesting. Um, you know, the first thing that came to mind is actually not my favorite candy, but it has a memory associated with it, and it's chocolate Neckos. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, I, my, my father's mother, my grandmother, um, we didn't see her much. She wasn't actually a particularly likable grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but she had a re she had a story that was horrific so i understand as an adult but we didn't see her much but um if she came she brought us neckos oh nice that, okay that, that i like it with my grandmother i like it all right uh what's your guilty pleasure god you could put me in a bathtub full of chocolate and it still wouldn't be enough <laughs> <laughs> question what's your favorite book or movie oh wow I have so many um I'm gonna pick one from each category okay uh, for, for for a reason um oh gosh even that's hard my favorite movie I, I have to say is the the A&E long version of Pride and Prejudice I absolutely love, I love that story and I love that movie and I love the version, the rendition of it. It's about, I don't know, it's about eight episodes. It's, it's like six hours long. Um, yeah. Lo love that. Um, I, when, I, when I think of favorite books, I think of ones that were most life transforming. Um, and I, 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 I'm going to go with two. So the first one is Louise Hayes, um, You Can Heal Your Life. Ooh, yes <laughs> all, time, all time and that that's a funny one because you know somebody gave that to me and I looked at it they gave me the the version that has all the pictures in it I don't know if you've yes. seen that one yep and I looked at it and I'm like this is not for me like first of all I can't even focus on the words because there's too many pictures on the page and I don't <laughs> like the graphics and I'm not doing this and I put it down for a long time and then I picked it up and absolutely transformed my life love that book still go back to that book when that book taught me to love me uh-huh so that's huge. Um, and my second uh, is a book called um, Getting Real. It's by Susan Campbell, and she is a psychologist. 
and it's 10 truth skills for authentic speaking. Love it. And that actually taught me how to, I'm still, I'm a, I'm a work in progress, but it taught me how to speak from a place of power and not from a place of um, abuse. Love it. Lisa, you're an absolute jewel. I have so enjoyed talking to you today. Me too. And thank you for being on the podcast with me. And again, for anyone listening to the podcast or watching this on YouTube, the book is, here it is, A List is Not Enough, A Modern Woman's Guide to Better Goal Setting, Time Management, and Productivity by my guest, Lisa Stearns. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute joy and pleasure. Thank you, Sherry. I really appreciate the opportunity. You take care. All right. You too. Stay well. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to leave a review or drop me a message with your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast follow me on all social media and watch this episode on my YouTube channel. You can find me everywhere at I am Sherry Goodall. And if you like what you're hearing, donate in the Anchor FM app or through Patreon so that I can make more content like this for you. And until the next time, be bold and unapologetic. And always remember, I said what I said and I meant it.